I have a, uh, a lot of good news to share with you this morning, even a little more than usual. Just want to let you know that uh, um, my son Nate, who's been in the hospital for 11 days, came home last night. So we are... Thankful to you and to God for the support and healing and look forward to his continued um, recuperation and uh, hopefully will um, be with us uh, next Sunday um, in uh, in body. So thanks again and we are um, forever grateful uh, to you. Um, It has uh, been, we are um, as uh, a family now ready to lift off. Um, from uh, for this year, it, we've had uh, you know every once in a while you know you start the countdown and then you have to stop the countdown and restart. So we had to restart our countdown for 2013. But our our journey together in First uh, Corinthians three as we start 2013 in terms of really lifting off as a church as a community of followers of Jesus. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the launch pad as we've looked at 1 Corinthians uh, 3, starting with verse 9. That's where we'll, we'll be in a minute. Um, but uh, the launch pad, as Paul says there, is the foundation, is Jesus. That, that's the, the, the one who is firm, uh, the one who's uh, immovable, um, the, because it's, it takes all the force of ignition and the, the fuel and the fire in order for the, the rockets Um, to then lift off. And uh, as Paul said, what we have made clear, that we are a community of people seeking to follow Jesus. And He is our strength, as we've been singing. Um, No matter what. He he is the one that is sure and certain. And last Sunday we talked about our trajectory then. If we're on the launch pad, if the, the one that is solid and firm we're upon, and now, well then what is our direction Where are we headed? And our ultimate trajectory is that day that that we meet our Savior, our Creator, face to face. And that we can look back with Him and say, well done. That we can hear His voice to us, say, well done. Well done, church. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is our vision. That's what we pursue more than anything else that we long for. We long for that day. But today, then, is ignition. I mean, the, the launch pad is there. The rocket is made. We've, we've done all the, the, uh, the analysis, all the, the strategy, all the organization. And now comes the hardest part. To light the match. To take the first step. To sign on the dotted line. You know, we can, we can talk about it. We can set it up. We, we, we can get it all right. But then just that first step of ignition, taking an action, is before us um, today. Steve McLemore shared with me last Sunday, and Steve is a West Point graduate, so he knows this kind of stuff. The old Atlas rockets used more fuel in the first foot of their journey 
than the rest of their journey combined. The first foot of their journey took more fuel than the rest of the journey combined. That, that ignition, that liftoff, that first step, that is the hardest, most challenging part. And that's where we are today. I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 9. It's on page 927 in your uh, pew Bible. Or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word. Uh, thank you as it speaks to us of that which is real, that which is beautiful, that which is good. Empower us through your Holy Spirit to hear what you're saying to us and to do it, to act. Speak to us, corporately and individually, where you would have us take a step of faith empowered by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Starting with verse 9. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. Now, I remind you, you know, Paul is addressing the church in Corinth. They've had divisions among them because they've got favorite pastors. And Paul's like saying, listen, we're all working together. Me and Peter, we're, we're all in all this together. So stop trying to compete with one another. And then he, his metaphor is God's, uh, that we are God's building. Um, and uh, we, we've taken that, maybe modernized a little bit, to say we're God's rockets on a journey. But he's saying, we're all in this together. God's building, God's building. According to the grace of God, verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward if the work is burned up. The builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. And as we talked last week, what Paul is saying that, that we as leaders in the church, members of the church, are building on that foundation. And a day will come when what we have built will be revealed. And that is our trajectory for that day when what is revealed in our lives, in the life of us as a church, that it will be revealed as being in alignment with what God's heart, with the mission of Jesus and there will be a day when that will be revealed, and that will be revealed good and bad. And that there will be some who have been building on that actually for selfish, personal motives instead of God's agenda. And that will be revealed. They'll be saved because it's, you're saved by grace, not by works. But there will be loss because of the missed opportunity of being in alignment with God's vision. And also because of the disobedience 
to the church, which is God's heart being communicated and lived out to the world. So that's why that's our trajectory that day. All right. <clears throat> so now, if you weren't here the last two Sundays, you've been called out. Now, verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, real important. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. And I think I'm going to start a personal campaign that we make y'all a real present part of our vocabulary. Because we just miss it all. Our, our, my pension is to personalize things. When I see you, I think of you singular. It's just because I'm a rather egotistical, arrogant person. And, you know, and I know none of you are. But there are other people out there that are. But what Paul is saying here, and what it's obvious and when he wrote, is that it's you plural. Y'all. Do y'all not know that y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in y'all? That, that's, it, it's not just in me. Granted, the spirit dwells in me and in you, singular, but also in y'all, in us when we gather. You know, I guess I can go with you-ins. I don't care, whatever it is. We need some kind of plural form of you. If anyone destroys God's temple... God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy, and you and y'all are that temple. Now let's, this, in the Old Testament, the temple was a building where God dwelled, and there were rules about coming into that building and going into the Holy of Holies because that was the place where God dwelled. Well, in the New Testament, Paul replaces that. No law, I mean, in the first century in the church, they didn't have a building. They didn't even have an organization, hardly. Except an organization of people, of a group of people who were filled with the Spirit together, and they were the ones. Now, God dwells in you. You are now the body of Christ. This is God's plan for carrying out His message, continuing the work of Jesus. That's why Paul can say so seriously, what you build into the church is important. And a day will come when it will be revealed and you will either suffer loss or gain reward. In the Old Testament, it was a temple that everybody came to. Well, now, in the, the days after Jesus, in the days of the Holy Spirit, it is now a people that go out into the world, that grow, go across the street and across the sea. That's why, you know, the, 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 that's why the moniker Church Without Walls has such resonance, because that is the New Testament picture. There's nothing new about that. That's our story from the beginning. I mean, just... Uh, maybe one of the passages that would have been uh, uh, on Paul's mind as he was speaking to this is Ezekiel uh, chapter 47. Uh, in, in terms of the, the temple, that we, we are now the temple. We are that place where God dwells. Uh, Ezekiel uh, 47 verse 8 and beyond. What he's saying, what, Paul, what, what Ezekiel is saying, he's giving a vision of there being a temple, the, the temple, which Paul's saying is now us, 
And, but, but Ezekiel's saying a day will come when there will be a river flowing from out of that temple. And, and I'm proposing to you that Paul is saying that's who we are. We are that river flowing out of the temple. Again, on the move, outside of the, the building. This water flows toward, this is Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 8. He said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into Arabah. And when it enters the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, the water will become fresh. Where, where that river flows out from the temple, where the church goes in the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit, then where there is stagnant waters, they should become fresh. Or we're not being who God's created us to be. He goes on. You know, whatever, wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish. Once these waters reach there, it will become fresh and everything will live where the river goes. People will stand fishing beside the sea from Engedi to Eglam. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of great many kinds like the fish of the great sea, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. On the banks on both sides of the river... There will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Yeah, what a, isn't that a great picture of the church? That's what he means when you're now the temple. Out of you will flow that living water. Jesus said that as well. That, that we are not meant to stay here and just be for our own goodness. The church is meant to be a healing balm in the world. To lift off. To get off the launch pad. I mean, that's been our story since the beginning of the church when the Spirit came upon us. Remember Acts chapter 2. What happened there? Jesus had left. He told him, all right, y'all go gather in Jerusalem. I'm descending into heaven, and then the Spirit's going to come upon you. And so they had gathered, a motley crew, 120 people, scared to death, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, Jesus had left. Yeah, he'd been raised from the dead, but now he was gone. And there were still a whole bunch of people hunting him down. And then the Spirit comes upon them. There's a flame, as a wind upon them. And it comes upon each one of them. And as that spirit comes upon them, what happens to them? Do they have a great praise fest to see who can sing the loudest? No. Do they have a prayer meeting to see who can pray the longest? No. Do they have a theological disputation to see who can speak the smartest? No. They break out of the room. They lift off. They go into the community and they speak the language of the people outside of them so that they might hear the good news and be healed and refreshed. That is the purpose of the church. And that's the step we take. That is liftoff. 
That's why Jesus said, it's when you give that you find life. It's when you break loose and you're in the world of stagnant waters, of brokenness and death, bringing a fresh water of the Spirit that you've lifted off and you're carrying out my mission. They explode with God's power. Paul says the same just a little bit earlier in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians, when he, when he tells them, the Corinthians, when I came to you, my speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom. Don't you love that? This is not realistic. This is not plausible words of wisdom, just human wisdom. No, this is the act of the Spirit of God. It came with demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. We, indeed, are the body of Christ. That's crazy, isn't it? We're the body of Christ. It's crazy every time we pray our church without walls prayer. That, that we want to do, we ask God to empower us so that we'll do greater works than Jesus. But that's what Jesus said. That indeed, we will do what he did and even greater works as we are filled with his power, as we are lifted off in the strength and beauty and wisdom of God's Holy Spirit. Now, you know, the thing about ignition, too, is that it's really dangerous. You know, you're talking about a lot of power. We, many of you have seen times when that ignition went wrong and the rocket exploded instead of lifting off. As we seriously seek to pursue the ways of God, as we reach out into the world with the good news of Jesus in the midst of brokenness and in the midst of, of death, it, it will be dangerous. There's a spiritual battle. There's a, a battle of the, the evil one who will work to oppose us, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There, there's a, a battle just in the world that will oppose us, of the, and a battle within ourselves. But I think those are secondary oppositions. The greatest opposition to the church is what Paul is addressing in our passage in, verse, in chapter 3. It's ourselves. It's when we get distracted from what our real trajectory is. And that we place our own personal agenda in place of God. Our regular work of reflection should be, God, am I in alignment with your vision, not mine? Is what I'm pursuing what, for your glory and not mine and not ours? As we embark in these next five months on this question about our denominational affiliation, this is not about fighting over anything. This is about pursuing God together. This is about cooperating. This is about being the church, pursuing good works that Jesus has for us in the power of His Spirit. 
What best helps us to fulfill God's mission? We better be sure as we lift off into that discussion that we check ourselves and that we are seeking God and God alone together. Because that, that power is great and it can cause explosion that destroys instead of liftoff that sends us out on a mission. As I said at the beginning, then, as we then embark on the, the mission that God has for us, that corporately and individually, it's huge. I mean, that, like the Atlas rocket, it takes a lot of fuel to take that first foot, the step. And, and we have embarked on a journey where we're, we're bold to say, okay, Jesus, what you said, you, know, you told us that those that believe in you will do your works and even greater things. So we're on that journey. We, we want to be a, a church without walls. The, the, the deacons are, are reorganizing. They're taking a step. They're trying to say it's not just that deacons do the ministry. It's the deacons empower the church to do the, the ministry of the church. We're saying we're, we're getting out there. We're taking those steps in, in terms of continuing the, the, the ministry and expanding the ministry of Treehouse and the Interfaith Hospitality Network where we, hose, we, we house homeless families here and whiz kids. We're, we're reaching out like in ministries like Alpha where, where we're trying to engage with people that are seeking God. Maybe don't know Him. And we're just simply coming alongside them for that, that supernatural Holy Spirit power to bring conversion, to bring one who is going their own way, away from God, to turn and to accept and follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior. One of the greatest miracles that we get to see and experience together. And we continue to seek to be a, a reconciled community, a reconciled with God and with one another and our, our relationships inside the church. And as I've mentioned to you a number of times, we seek to be a, a church that comes together in Jesus no matter what our, our background, ethnically, racially, intellectually, no matter what our, our economic standing, because Jesus is the one that unifies us. And I still believe it is one of most disappointing works of the church in the United States that Sunday morning still tends to be the most segregated hour. That only 7% of the churches in the United States are considered to be integrated. That have populations with less, with the, the major population is less than 80% of the church. Only 7% of the Christian churches in the United States and the saddest thing is that that number hadn't changed in decades. And we're saying we're going to pursue changing that for us. That's only by the work of the Holy Spirit. I wonder for you, where do you need to lift off? Where, where, where do you need to take that step? Where does that Holy Spirit nudging or, or prodding you? Uh, it, it might be with relationships. It might be there's a broken relationship. 
and with family, with friends, with, with folks in the church, with neighbors, with, with folks at work. And it's really hard to step into that and, and, and engage with another around conflict that has kept you separated. But if Jesus has brought reconciliation with you and God, then he can certainly bring reconciliation with you and whomever you are unreconciled at this moment. And it's a huge step. It's a huge liftoff. It takes a whole lot of fuel to take that first step and engage with that person. Now, I can't promise you how that person will respond. But I know what Jesus is calling you to do, if that's the case. It may be that, that you've got a habit that needs to be broken. Something that really is destroying you. Whether it's food, sex, money, violence, anger, sloth. No, what is that? God knows it. God, God wants you to be in a place of walking with him in the fullness of health so that you are ready to bring life wherever you go. And it may be the first step of just admitting that, stepping into it. It takes a lot of fuel to take that first step. What, what is the Spirit laying upon you? Remember, it's not by human wisdom, human capacities. It is by the Spirit of God who dwells in us that these things will happen in our own lives personally and in our life together as a church. God's power is at work in you and me that we might be his temple, might be the place where he resides, bringing life, fullness of life to us and then to others that we encounter on the journey. All for the flourishing of his church and his glory. Amen.